Welcome back to West Bev. I'm Caitlin. I'm Ariel. And this is your Beverly Hills 90210 podcast, where we break down every episode of the 10-season show. Today, we're talking about Season 8, Episode 22, Law and Disorder. Mary, what happened this week? Just a quick heads up that this episode continues last week's themes of sexual assault and drug abuse. Please continue at your discretion and put your safety first. Though it has been a matter of days since Valentine's Day, we follow Val and Noah to court. Despite Noah admitting to having sex with Val while she was drugged, the defense relies on Valerie's past scheming to discredit her. They also remind us of all of the times Noah helped David with his landlord and his loan shark and his falling down a Hawaiian mountain problems and saving Kelly with his special blood. But it isn't till Josh gives his testimony, arranged to maintain his own innocence rather than Noah's, that the jury decides in Val's favor. Meanwhile, Donna goes to see her dad for more pills because she's apparently taken a two-week supply in like five days, plus whatever she stole from the Wyatt Clinic, plus whatever Josh gave her besides uppers. Instead of taking time away from work that she's offered to support her back pain recovery, she eats more pills and drinks a lot of coffee and rips off her co-worker Danielle's designs to finish her project. After a confrontation with Danielle, Donna goes to Josh's for more uppers, I guess, when she, which she finds along with Josh's prescription roofies from France. Noah is there to watch all of this unfold, and he visits Val at Casa Walsh to tell her his brother drugged her and he's filed charges against Josh with the DA. Then he finds Donna at the beach house passed out from all of the drugs that she's been doing the past week and a half. And now that there are no more questions regarding Valerie's integrity, Kelly and Brandon can stop fighting about it and kiss again. Also, David lets a record label guy manipulate him into believing he's the real star of Jasper's Law, and Jasper quits the band, and also, here's a Porsche. That was the wildest story that I have ever heard in my entire life. This guy, who's like his name is Frank. And he just shows up and is like, I'm taking over for Lola. There was a shakeup. By the way, I'm going to totally Malone you. Like, this is a Valerie move to record David practicing the song by himself and then using it to be like, look, Jasper, I didn't just like strip out your vocals or anything. This is definitely only David. He hates you. (laughs) And like – seal the deal by dangling a Porsche in front of his face and saying this can be all yours for the low low price of this contract it like had do you remember in Hercules the animated movie when Hades has like the contract or whatever and Mm -hmm. it's like he just that's what it felt like it felt like David is Hercules and that guy delivering the Porsche was Hades. And he was like, here's a here's a contract, sign here, and then poof, it's gone. And like, here comes your Porsche for the next week and the next week. And it's like, what else is he going to have to do to keep getting this Porsche for like one week at a time? Okay, I'm just going to go ahead and say that one of my highest votes for quotes of the week is when they're driving the Porsche later and Val is like, you haven't even talked about it. And David just goes, it's stupid and gross. I don't like it. yes. I was like, he improvised that. He forgot what his line was, and he said, it's stupid. It's gross. (laughs) It made me so happy because, yeah, like, you can tell he knows he's selling his soul, and he's just like, this Porsche is gross. It's stupid and gross. Like, yeah, that was – I did have a little smile on my face when he said that. It was cute, and this episode really needed little bits of levity like that. Yeah. Well, even just, like – little moments of, I guess, realness inside of kind of a ridiculous storyline because Mm -hmm. there was so much heaviness in the other storylines. So, which I guess is like a good way to start, right? Because we immediately get into the courthouse where the civil trial between Val and Noah begin, begins, and essentially like, well, first of all, two comments. One, they call it roofed. Not roofied. Yes. <laughs> that was interesting. <laughs> so that's the first comment is that, you know, I don't know when it changed from roof to roofied, kind of like, you know, when it became like made it mm-hmm. to did it. You know what I mean? Um, and yeah. And, and basically like 
They're going over the timeline of the events in the courtroom while Valerie is on the stand and basically trying to say, like, okay, yeah, like, y- you admit that you, like, saw Noah. Like, and you, they did the whole classic courtroom thing of can you point to that person in this courtroom, which mm-hmm. I don't actually know if they do that. I need to ask my mom about that. But it's crazy to me that as they're getting the timeline of this event and then they start kind of moving into this, okay, can you confirm that you did, you got in trouble for bookmaking? Can you, can, can you, uh, confirm that you lied about being pregnant? Can you confirm like all this kind of stuff about the blackmail, everything? I am so surprised that no one knows all these things. Did it, did it ever like, cause the gambling obviously happened while he was around. Mm-hmm. How did he know about Kenny? You know what? Didn't Kelly tell him just like a bunch of stuff? Because I know they did that with um, uh, Hillary Swank when they when they showed mm. up, and they're just like, "You need to know about Donna," and she's like, "Or you need to know about Val." Is Donna saying that? And then Carly was like, "Don't worry, Steve Hardy filled me in." Like I think people join this group and they immediately start talking trash about Val behind her back. It's like they ha- have an HR welcoming like orientation (laughs) for a new hire into the group and they're like all right here's what you need to know about Valerie Malone she is 22 she is originally from Minnesota by way of Buffalo like all this stuff it just goes over and over and over like you need to know this before moving on and getting entrenched in our friend group I'm seriously picturing like um a graduation day slideshow presentation of just the group (laughs) shenanigans over the years just so everyone knows exactly what they're getting into. Yeah. It's like, I mean, this is, it's like, you you don't actually need to, we don't need to know anything about you. You need to know everything about us. <laughs> I mean, case in point, there is literally a scene in this episode where they talk about how the Beverly, uh, West Beverly highs in a uh, five-year thing is coming up and that they want photos of Brandon and Steve in the newspaper. Like. It's like you need to know whose newspaper you're reading. It's mine. Exactly. And it Don't has to be it. and it has to be a photo from five years ago, which coincidentally would look exactly the same as the current picture. <laughs> I know. I know. When they pull we'll talk about the photos later, because when they yeah. pull them out and there's a photo of Val when she's five, I was like, why is this useful to us? <laughs> but, oh, because Steve okay. can't actually be told that, you know, somebody has merit and character. It has to be proven to show that, oh, she was once a five year old. <laughs> oh my gosh. Okay, but like also, that's in my notes in that first scene because the defense attorney is like, yeah, lining up all this history of everything Val's ever done. And I'm like, but we opened the scene of like, it is factual evidence that she has been roofied. Yeah. Like there is rohypnol in her system. And then this other one shows up and is just like, well, you did fake a pregnancy once. Like this is literally if they put Steve in charge of a criminal defense or a civil defense, like mm-hmm. Noah should be scared. He should be like, oh, no, I'm losing. Right? Because, like, she literally points out that Noah was the one that was undressed as she was, like, or or that Noah was the one that was there when she was undressed and that he was was dressing from being undressed. And, like, yeah, like, Val says she realized when she came to, she had been drugged. She knew something was wrong. I mean, we remember that scene. I remember that scene. Like, yeah, it's just crazy that then they, I mean... I understand they're grasping at straws, right? Like in a defense, you're like you're trying to say you're trying to do everything you can to possibly get like reasonable doubt inside this jury's mind or whatever. So of course they're going to go after her character, but I'm like, okay, just because a person has done a few things in the past and has made mistakes doesn't mean that they are. That doesn't mean that they deserve to be violated, right? Like, yeah, and I think Val's attorney should have said that but anyway I I didn't write it no that's that's always the thing that bothers me in this story like it ages so poorly because we have known since moment one that she was roofied and drugged and like nobody actually acts on that like literally we get out of the courtroom and Steve and Brandon and Kelly are walking through the building and they're just like well yeah I mean the lawyer convinced me she's guilty right they're like, well, when you put it that way, like open mind shut. And it, it just when Brandon's like, I just can't believe she's doing this for money. I'm like, okay, Brandon, where have you been? Like, where's your voice been? Like, I just can't believe it. Like, okay, well then why don't you stand up for her? Why don't you go be investigative journalist, Brandon? Like, I, yeah. And then 
David, of course, because everybody overhears everything all the time. David says, mm-hmm. like, her character isn't the issue here, Steve, which true, exactly true, exactly right. And again, Val hears it too. And Kelly had said something, Val had said, or uh, Brandon had said, said something, and they say, don't twist my words, Val. And Valerie says, why? Everybody's mingling what I say. And I think they write Valerie the best, the writers do, because they have the best sense of who she is. And when she said that, I'm like, that should have been enough for them to then, because they're clearly so easily, like, um, manipulated, to be like, oh, you're right. Maybe they're mangling her words, you know, like constant flip-flopping. Oh my gosh. That would honestly have made me feel a little bit better about what was going on in this episode than how they did decide to start believing her. Like, mm-hmm. Well, and then like Steve sticks his big fat nose and everything because Brandon just gets annoyed uh, and walks away. And Steve's like, Brandon stuck up for you. He's defended you. I'm like, and? Not lately. Yeah. What's your point? Like, you. Okay, you literally just apologized to me for assuming I was in this for money, and now you're suddenly back to being absolutely terrible to me? Well, and I love her point that she's like, yeah, Brandon defends me more than any of you do, but, like, that's Mm -hmm. not even enough. Exactly, exactly. I loved it. Like, that moment, everything that she says when she comes back to people and she's like, oh, well, I finally know how you feel about mm-hmm. things. Oh, well, you don't defend me enough. Oh, everyone's mangling my words. Like, I don't know how Val keeps it together. I just don't. I know. I know and that's the thing. Like, her fortitude and her, like, um, her strength to just not completely go ballistic on these people <laughs> is the mm-hmm. strength that I will never know. Like, I right? – I just think at at a certain point there's a, like there's a tipping point, right? There's you push that button hard enough, something's gonna happen. And Val must have the like strongest buttons in the whole world because she does not lose it. She does not act irrational. She does not. I don't know. She just stays her. Yeah, because like you know, I had it in my notes at the beginning. It was pretty obvious that like we all knew it was coming. It was gonna be like this huge public embarrassment for Val, where her, like her integrity is going to be dragged through the mud even though she's not the one on trial. They've said it repeatedly throughout this whole story arc. But then, you know, Noah and Josh run into Donna at the drinking fountain. And Mm -hmm. first of all, once again, she is very openly taking giant pain kills and amphetamines. And Josh is very openly admitting that he can and will sell drugs. Yeah. Yeah. That's – I don't know if it's this scene right here at the water fountain or – no, yeah, it is. When he just straight up admits to Noah that he gave Donna the amphetamines, I was like, whoa. I Like I wasn't really expecting him to to be so forthgiving and loose-lipped about it. I thought he would be like, oh, you know, like I had – somebody else gave it to me and Donna seemed like she needed to pick me up. Like something like that. Not that he straight yeah. up did it, right? And, like, nobody keeps putting these things together because mm-hmm. they turn right back on the com- – like, onto the conversation of the trial because Donna is furious about how Noah's lawyers are treating Val like a tramp, I think is what she yeah. says. hmm Which, like, she is just pissed. She can see it as well, which – I do kind of love that there is still that glimpse of Donna where she's just like, no, this is messed up and, like, we shouldn't yeah. even be doing this. Right, because, like, she, you know, Noah even says, like, to try, I guess, to defend his argument and his lawyer's argument is he even says, like, oh, well, you know, we're trying to paint her as a schemer because she is one. And Donna's like, yeah, everybody knows she's a schemer, but you still slept with her. Like, you still slept with her. It. I love what they said without saying it in that moment because mm-hmm. – It's not so much that, like, I mean, yes, Noah cheated on Donna. That is that is bad and wrong, and we know that, and infidelity is just, like, as common as, you know, the wind in the show. But I love that they were trying to point out, 
you can denigrate her character and you can try to make her into something that she isn't, but you fell for it. You're the one who, you know, and, and she even says like, when, and when she means you fell for it, she, he doesn't, she doesn't mean that he, like she wanted to have sex, but like he is still smitten by her in a way or mm-hmm. attracted to her and sold by her, if you will. And mm-hmm. I just love what they said without saying it and having Donna deliver it because this is a moment when she hasn't had like the the amphetamines where she's kind of thinking a little bit more clearly and when she is she yeah like you said like she always kind of has the the right mindset when it comes to like this you know this is this sucks okay let's just like call it what it is Mm -hmm. yeah I think it's like it is definitely part of my personal opinion that I feel like it made a lot of sense that after Donna leaves the courtroom after this morning, she's like, I'm not going back. This is a total yeah. sham. I mean, she has a million other things to deal with on her own. They have to go film her at work stealing and whatnot. But like, yeah, I think in universe, it makes sense that she would be like, no, I'm not dealing with this anymore. Yep. Absolutely. Yeah, because we do, we have these other like, Little scenes, we've kind of already set up David's storyline at this point where he's, you know, in the record studio with Jasper and the band and trying to work on things. But then this guy, Frank, shows up. He's taken over Lola's job and nobody was told about it. And I do love that Jasper's immediately like, I'm going to go call Lola. Like, yeah. I don't know you. <laughs> yeah, let me check this out. <laughs> but then while he's gone, Frank is like, look, I was really – integral in getting your music on the radio and I know it was you you're the new sound it's all it's gonna be David's law not Jasper's law (laughs) yeah when David's like uh the band's called Jasper's law (laughs) I kind of laughed at that I was like "Uh (laughs) uh-huh it's it was just like so obvious that David is just like not picking up what this guy is putting down in terms of manipulation. Like he's falling for mm-hmm. it, but he's not realizing what happens because this guy is like, no, no, Jasper's just pulling you down. Like I know it's your music. And David's just like, okay, well, yeah, sure. I'll I'll sing for you. Like, yeah, come on. Well, and that's what's – yeah, so that was good you mentioned that because I kind of wanted to finish that studio portion uh, before yeah. diving back into the other stuff. But yeah, it's like for a minute he insists they're a team and then the guy's like, but play for me. And he's like, um, sure. And obviously he goes into the booth and records it anyway. Like, un- you know, like like Mary says, he gets maloned. And it's one of those things where I feel like David should have caught on to this. I know he's got other stuff going on with Valerie and stuff, but like he's been in the business. He literally worked as like, sort of an agent situation like he should have caught this he was so naive in the moment I think he was just like not starstruck that's not the word but like uh distracted by stardom or something like that Mm -hmm. you know yeah I mean his mouthwash Grammy speaks for itself (laughs) yeah But, like, yeah, you're right. He should have seen this coming. He's been in the business with that other band that was terrible and, like, that fell through. All of his attempts in high school and college of trying to make it famous and then even getting into Jasper's Law, somebody else had to get pushed out. So, like, yeah, you would think at one point, especially after everything that's happened with David, even just this year, they were really great to list it out for us. Mm -hmm. Like – you would think he'd have picked up by now and he needs to be like, no, I need to pay this forward. Like the bad is going to keep coming on me if I don't try and not take advantage of it. Right, right. Nothing. So, okay. So Donna's storyline in the most toxic work environment that has ever existed Mm -hmm. on this planet, like I feel like you cannot tell me otherwise in this moment because like – they're praising her child's play collection and her boss is like, oh my gosh, Donna, are you okay? You're like sitting really gingerly. And then her coworker, whose name I didn't write down here, Danielle. Danielle. Mm -hmm. Yes. Danielle is just like, oh yeah, back pain. Let me tell you about back pain. And her boss is just like, hush, I'm talking to Donna right now. (laughs) It 
Yeah. I was like, the boss is asking about Donna's back pain. Is that legal? <laughs> like, I, I don't want to be the one to be like HIPAA, but like HIPAA. <laughs> <laughs> well, and every time they kept praising her and then talking about her back hurting, I was just waiting for them to be like, yeah, your back must be so sore for carrying the team, huh, Donna? <laughs> you put the team on your back and I bet it hurts. <laughs> like, I just kept waiting for that. But no, instead, I think this is where she like spills her coffee and that's supposed to be really mm -hmm. dramatic to us. Yeah. She spills, she knocks over a coffee and everybody just stares at it. And she's like, I can yeah, handle it. <laughs> she's just like in shock she's like oh my god i'm so sorry i'll take it i will get the pajama line done right like nobody has ever spilled a coffee i'm so sorry i will finish your pajamas like ugh. and yeah why are they and like making danielle and her out to be enemies like you would think if nothing else donna could use and i use the word use not in a bad way but like use mm -hmm. danielle's help to accomplish this goal twice as fast yeah, I mean, they said they have 36 hours to come up with an entire line worth of suggestions, and they have an entire business, and then they're just like, Donna, you can handle it, right? Yeah. It's like, I'm sorry, is there only one designer in this entire company? Well, and then I think it's pretty telling when later Danielle is just like, oh, yeah, these are my designs for an interview I have later. I was like, oh, right. she getting out. She knows. Yeah, exactly. She should. But at this point... Donna has apparently memorized Josh's number. Like, she just dials it in on her work phone, which is wild. But, like, she's been calling him nonstop, pressuring him to sell to her. And he's just like, I'm sorry. My brother's on trial right now. I don't have time for this. I'm not comfortable. I'm leaving. And she is just, like, antsy. She's just, like, messing mm -hmm. with stuff while she's on the phone. She's begging him to give her anything. And... It's to the point that when he says no, she, like, goes to a pharmacy and just starts banging on the window hysterically that she needs her prescription refilled. Yeah. And, like, it's not even available for refills, like it says on the bottle or whatever that the pharmacist tells her. And then, mm -hmm. oh, my God, that prescription was supposed to be for 60 pills and it was supposed to last two months. That's one pill a day. And she had been going through more than eight a day I did the math well, and I was trying to think about the math too but then Mary pointed out like she was also buying pills and stealing pills so right. like it's more right. than eight a day it's probably like starting Ten. at one and then yeah escalating and escalating mm -hmm. until wherever she is now and yeah like, I literally I was insane. just like that's horrible. That is so yeah. many pills. And they're like horse-sized pills. And mm -hmm. none of her friends, including her roommate, are stepping in. Yeah. And like, obviously, we don't know what kind of pain pills these are. But like, if you think about a prescription level, you know, of a pain medication of a, you know, acetaminophen or an ibuprofen, like something like that, it's not going to be a Tylenol. It's not going to be mm -hmm. a Motrin. It's going to be like a Valium. It's going to be a, an Oxy. Like it's going to be something that has now been deemed so dangerous that it that there was then literally an, an opioid and like epidemic. Like mm -hmm. so to be taking that many and A, to not be so affected that she can't function because she's been very clear that she can function she just has slowed down. Like that's been the only symptom mm -hmm. she's talked about is slowing down. But to be taking that many to have like now her tolerance must be absolutely insane. So I bet the pain pill are like the pills aren't even working to reduce, reduce the pain, which is crazy. Well, and that's the part that gets me is like it feels like for some reason this storyline got really compacted. Mm -hmm. Like the fact that she's taken all of these pills in one week and goes from where she was to where she is in like two episodes, mm -hmm. it feels so rushed. And I kind of wish it wasn't to like actually show her like developing this tendency with the pills because like, I don't know. I don't know enough about addiction, so I'm not going to say anything, but like it would have been more interesting to see it in a longer storyline. Yeah. Yeah. I, yeah. I definitely agree. Um mm -hmm. 
Because, yeah, like, I would want to see that. I want to see her, like, starting to take more and more pills and they're not doing anything. And then, like, Mm -hmm. basically seeing all the same things, her behavior. The next morning when she shows up at the clinic and Kelly's just like, you look so tired. And she's just like, thanks, Kelly. Where's my dad? Yeah. Crazy. Yeah, I want to – okay, so I want to kind of keep talking about Donna a little bit because she has a couple more separate scenes throughout this next day and then, like, I think everybody else is at trial because, as we've established, she's not going to trial anymore. Yes. But, yeah, she goes to the Wyatt Clinic, basically demands to see her father, tries to steal pills before he walks in, but he gets Mm -hmm. there too soon, and then just starts, like, pulling all this stuff on him of, like, I accidentally put all my pills down the drain, I have this long deadline at work, I'm in so much pain, and you can see Dr. Dad just, like, he knows what's happening and she's like, no, dad, it's me. I'm just in pain. I need help. And I, I don't know. I don't, I'm trying to wrap my brain around like what I want to say, because I understand that like parents have a soft spot for a kid and vice versa. And so you, you like, you think, that would work. Like, come on, mm-hmm. dad, you know me. I've never done anything like this in my entire life. Like, you know, I'm like, like all that. But then I'm like, okay, but Dr. Dad, you're literally a doctor. You mm-hmm. should recognize the signs of maybe not the extreme, right? Maybe because it's your daughter, you don't go there, but you notice something is wrong. Mm-hmm. And, and, I don't know if that means you manipulate her in some way or, like, you give her a placebo. I don't know. Like, I don't know what that means. But there's got to be something else done there. He should have been the one to figure it out. I know we kind of, like, ragged on Kelly for not seeing it and all that. But, like, this should have been the breaking point. Yeah, it just, like, it feels like he's inching there, but she's trying to, you know, convince him that he's she's – fine and it's okay but then he pulls the bottle of pills out and is like I'm gonna give you enough for a week or four days or whatever he says but then he just like blindly pours a bunch of pills into her prescription bottle and tells her to like go be brilliant and I was like if she wasn't under so much pressure right now and very clearly abusing drugs under pressure I would say him telling her to go be brilliant is beautiful but in this case it's like so heartbreaking yeah yeah, I was so sad. Agreed. Because, like, that almost gave it the connotation that, like, here's the magic pills. Now be brilliant. You know, it's like. Mm-hmm. And he prescribed four a day when she had received one per day, like the, that that prescription. So. Yeah, I just. I don't know. It just felt a little weird. It was It was just a lot. And I do feel like. You know, there, there's there been a lot of history of prescribing pills and things. But, like, I just wish when all these people told her to be on bed rest and she's using pills instead of bed rest, like, it yes. upsets me on a personal level, very much yes. on a personal level. I totally get it. Yeah. Um, but, no, like, it's just bad. Yeah. And I think, okay, yeah. So now, like, once you said the bed rest piece, too, it's like, once Dr. Dad realized how many pills she had gone through, at least, you know, by way of the bottle being empty, even though she said they were dropped down the drain or whatever, mm-hmm. I think he should have pushed further about the bed rest situation. Ew, but instead, we see the complete opposite because we see her go to work. There's that whole moment where Danielle is working on sketches that Donna's like, oh, these are so good. And Danielle is very clearly like, do not look at these. I don't yeah. trust you. And yeah, immediately we're like, oh, yeah, she's going to steal them. Yeah. And then we don't see her for the rest of the day. And then they come back and like she's clearly been there all day. There was a point where her boss comes in and is like, I don't want to put the pressure on, but I'm also putting the pressure on. And then she's left alone in the office, last person there taking the sketches. And it's just, like, we went from being assigned bed rest and, like, a couple pills a day to Mm -hmm. this. Yep. 
literally, almost literally overnight. Like, I think that car accident was like two or three episodes ago. I'd have to go that, back and look. Yeah. But. And that's the thing too. Like, like you said earlier, all of this has been happening so fast. It's like almost unbelievable how fast it's happened. Yeah. Like if you really the- sit down and think about all of this has been over maximum one week, seven days, maybe even five days. It's like, holy crap. Yeah. No, that's I think it was last episode I made one of my brilliantly awful predictions and I was like, oh, it'd be great if this story arc like took us basically to the finale. And then mm-hmm. it's like, no, actually Donna's just gonna be sick for two weeks. Mm-hmm. Exactly. It would have been so good. But yeah, she's she's off camera in a total panic, taking drugs that were not prescribed to her or taking things that were over prescribed, whatever. But at court, this is when uh, Noah's defense attorney gets to start calling witnesses. So they've called David as a witness, and he's like, it's brilliant. I can't say anything bad about him because if I do, then my character is in question. Mm-hmm. And then the lawyer just – you see a parade of people up on the stand talking about saving David's life, talking about saving Kelly's life, talking about saving David's life again, talking about saving David's life a third time. <laughs> like It's just over and over and over again. And the whole time I was sitting there being like, okay, I get what you're doing, but like we can't ignore the fact that she was roofied. Yeah. They, they keep ignoring it. They keep being like, no, Noah is so good with his money. He's so benevolent. He carries yeah. men through the jungle. Yeah, it's like – it's so baffling to me because now I'm thinking, like you were saying, like they're not focusing on the, the drugged part of it. And it's like, yeah, what what is the – I mean, clearly I know what the goal is. The goal is to just give the jury – make them forget about this and just – literally be like who's a better person okay Val's not make her guilty you know or or Noah not guilty whatever and yeah I want to just shake the other attorney and be like bro look what they're making you forget they're even making you forget it because you haven't mentioned it and since the first time you were you know cross-examining Val right like I I don't think it would have actually fit in here but it would have been really kind of amazing to me if every time Noah's lawyer was like, no more questions, then Val's lawyer stood up and was just like, was Val roofied on the night that mm-hmm. Noah had sex with her? Right. And then everyone would have to say yes, and then he would just sit back down. Right. Exactly. And then I rest my case. Like, yeah, my yeah. out. <laughs> I shouldn't have to do anything else. I'm just going to stand up, say, Rahipnal, your honor, and sit back down. Yeah, exactly. Like, it is ridiculous. And I will say – when they leave court later that day, Val's lawyer does remind her, he's like, no, what happened to you did happen. Mm-hmm. And the jury is going to see Noah's just a poor little rich boy who got drunk and admitted what he did. He's yeah. guilty. He had yeah. sex with you. He's guilty. Right. And I just – I just can't believe how this is playing out. It, it's very believable, but, like, I can't. I know. I know. Well, and, like – I kind of want to finish the evening, right? Because, mm-hmm. like, you know, we basically we talked about the Donna stuff and what she's been up to, talked about the court stuff, but there's like two additional scenes. One where basically David gets bamboozled and the producer listens to the track that he recorded of David and the producer, quote unquote, talked to Jasper and says he threw a fit and quit. And to David. So now David believes that Jasper's upset and doesn't want to work with him anymore. So now David has no choice but to stay with the producer or whatever, right? Meanwhile, we can kind of suspect that he probably told Jasper something totally different, right? And the idea that David just goes with this, like he does mm-hmm. not question it. We have evidence later that David does not question this yeah. story. Yeah. It's, it is yeah. hilarious to me. Admit me too, because like he again, he's in the he's been in the business. He knows the what goes on. Absolutely. And then like that last scene of the night is it very much confused me. So I need to need to ask a couple same, questions here. Same. Okay. Okay. <laughs> well, Brandon and Kelly they go back to the beach apartment, 
And essentially, Brandon is still kind of playing both sides, but this time he's a little bit more on Val's side. But honestly, Val's side from his perspective, like from Brandon, he's like, well, we Mm. all we all lose, not Val loses. We all lose no matter what. And Mm -hmm. of course, Kelly is still like, no, I think it's good if she like loses this and leaves like that's fine with me. I hate her. And Brandon's like, well, I don't want to argue with you. And that's when Kelly's like, well, no, but I'm happy to see her go. And then he's like, she's my friend. Um, Okay, evidence, please. And then Kelly's just like, and I think she's evil. Like this, this banter was kind of funny. If it wasn't about Val having been violated, if this had been just a regular Malone scheme, that would have been Mm -hmm. kind of hilarious. She's my friend. Well, I think she's evil. Like all that. But then they just agree to disagree. But when they, okay, this is where I got really thrown off because when they walk in the door, they haven't spoken since they said agree to disagree. They're both kind of like tiptoeing around each other. And Brandon's like, we're not sure about this, right? And she's like, correct. And I was like, to get back together, to sleep together? Like, what are we talking about here? Yeah. No, same thing. I actually wrote in my notes at this point. I was like, you know, pay attention to this later. I don't know if this is them realizing they're not ready to get back together because in my opinion, they're not. So like, that's what I would love to lean on. But then, yeah, like you, I was like, or is the other option spending the night together? Because Mm -hmm. I didn't actually fully realize that Kelly was still staying at the beach apartment after they got, they made up. Like it just Mm -hmm. didn't really register to me that that was a change and she wasn't staying at Casa Walsh again. Yeah. Which this girl moves in and out and in and out. It's been like four times that she's had to move her stuff. Mm Mm-hmm. But, yeah, I think it's just him spending the night at the beach apartment with her. She's not ready or they're not ready for this. And to be fair, it's kind of like a real downer to start any sort of physical aspect of your relationship, whether it's just sleeping in the same bed or like sleeping together. It's really weird to start that up again while your friend is on trial for raping your other friend slash roommate. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. And I was like, that I could understand. Like, if they're not ready for it in in terms of the world right now. Yeah. But it just didn't seem that way. And it seemed weird that, like, they couldn't even really be around each other because of the vow situation. And that's why then I leaned toward, like, oh, to get back together because they don't trust each other or they don't Mm -hmm. have the same values or something like that. Because that I would understand. But, yeah, it just – it was a little unclear when it could have been a little bit more clear. Agreed. And I wonder if there was like some sort of scene that they ended up cutting because of how mm. dramatic this story is that like literally it could have just been Brandon and Kelly at the courtroom being like, oh yeah, I've got my bag in my car so we can head to your place right from here. Like, yeah, good point. It, it would not have fit, but then like, mm-hmm. yeah, now this piece doesn't make as much sense. Yeah. Presumably, Kelly stays, Brandon goes home, eventually Donna shows back up. Like, everybody goes their separate ways. Mm-hmm. And we cut to the next morning where we're at David's house. And it is kind of adorable watching him give his pretend play-act Grammy speech and then meet all of these famous singers. That was kind of cute. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. And I love that Val calls him Puff Daddy. Oh, my God. I loved that. I, that was my favorite part. And just, like, Val's cute little smirk when she, like, sees him. She doesn't, like, make fun of him. She doesn't, like, rib him for what he's doing. I mean, she, like, like jabs him a little bit, but not in a negative way. Just kind of like, oh, my gosh, this is so adorable. Like, you – this is a cute side of you, you know? Mm-hmm. Yeah, like, I don't usually get to see you so excited about this. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. <laughs> Too bad Jasper's outside and he's pissed. Yep, because as we suspected, he was told that David didn't want Jasper or something, and he was told that David went behind his back to record his song, their song, uh, with that Frank guy, and essentially David uses the words that Frank told him when he was at the studio and said that this is all just business, and I'm literally like, David, you know better. Literally. Literally. 
And like, it just, it blows my mind that he would turn his back on people. Like, okay, Jasper does say that he saved David from a car wash. I'm like, no, you didn't. David was actually working at the Beverly Beat and found you (laughs) and then you both worked together. But like, that's also a good story. Right. (laughs) True. You could be like, we have so much history together. Remember that time you heard me play? (laughs) And remember that time? The only reason you got in the band is because the other dude sucked. (laughs) Like, seriously, he is just not a good boy. And then it's like he's he's almost getting there where Jasper, like, has the tape and he's like, no, that's not what they did. They said this to me differently. They're totally playing you. And then a guy shows up and it's just like, you get a Porsche for a week. Just sign here. <laughs> that was wild. I don't even – I was like, is this a thing? Like, I know th- I know it is, but I'm like, what? No way. <laughs> I just, I love TV timing where this guy just happens to show up and he just has the form for a Porsche. He doesn't actually have the car. Right, right, right. <laughs> and then, like, Jasper is, like, throwing in his one last line of just, like, when you lose everything, don't look me up kind of a thing. And then the mm. guy's just like, so are you going to sign? Yeah. Yeah, he's like having a moment, and this guy's like, "I have another delivery of a Porsche to make." Like, <laughs> I would have loved if he was like, "Guys, I have five more Porsches to deliver this afternoon. Like, mm-hmm. I'm really busy." If you don't sign this form, I'll give it to somebody else on my list because I forgot my other forms. <laughs> <laughs> I can actually really use this one back. Can you just like yeah. write really lightly? <laughs> write in pencil, please. <laughs> Oh my! I just can't believe that he signs it and he goes and gets the Porsche and just like drives it around later. He's just driving, driving his Porsche. He's like, well, I have it, so. (laughs) I know, they like really abuse it. It comes up later with it, like Val has borrowed it. She's like, well, if you think it's stupid and ugly, I want it. Yeah, right? (laughs) Oh my gosh. There's also this like one weird little moment that I mentioned earlier where Janet shows up at the courthouse because of the Beverly Beat, like, having ads for the five-year high school reunion, which means everyone's going to go to the five-year high school reunion. And all I want is kind of what we've been talking about over and over again. I want a slideshow of the gang, but updated <laughs> from high school breakfast. I want them to sing the song again. Yes. Like, we just need, like, a shot-for-shot recreation of that and just update the pictures. <laughs> And then Noah is sitting there being like, what is happening? Yeah. Yeah. For some reason, Noah's there. I don't <laughs> like it. Well, he'd be done as date. Right. I wonder if they'll invite Officer Tammy. Oh, my gosh. I would hope so. And then she's just like, oh, no, this is insane. And yeah. I work with a police brutality retiree. I don't know. <laughs> I just I just really want someone to acknowledge how bizarre the gang is. Like she just showed up with a shoebox full of childhood photos at their friend's trial and was just like pick one out so I can put it in the ad. Right? Like she proved I think what I said last week that Janet is just responsible for deadlines. Mm-hmm. Because she comes and she's like, we are on a deadline. And I'm like, what? <laughs> <laughs> and the good news is Janet is get, is at least like got a spine because she's like talking about how she needs a raise and how she like, she's like, I don't, I don't make enough for this. Like, I, I you need to pay for the gas that it took to get here. You need to like pay me for picking out a photo if that's what you want. Like, you know, all this kind of stuff. Like the, she's managing the ad space too. So, anyway, and then, of course, right after that, like, Steve or Val walks up to Steve and Brandon, and she's just like, look who it is. My so-called life. Loved that. And I... it's the betrayal conversation for me, like, of I didn't even write down anything else that anybody said except when Val had a mic drop moment with superior grammar. She says, now who's betraying whom? And I couldn't. I was like, I heard nothing else. All I heard was perfect grammar. (laughs) (laughs) 
Quote of the week. Perfect grammar. Yeah. Who's betraying whom? <laughs> yep. I mean, I like truly, I love how many times Val walks up to people and just says things in this episode. Like mm-hmm. there's a point earlier that I didn't mention when she's talking with her lawyer and he's like, no, no, he's guilty. Don't worry about it. And then Noah walks past and Val just goes, go to hell. And he goes, I'm already there. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So good. And then she comes up here and is just like my so-called life. You guys mm-hmm. just really wanted to make me out of a liar. Well, who's betraying whom? And then walk yep. away. Exactly. Oh my gosh. And then we get this like really long scene in my opinion because it's Mm -hmm. got the flashbacks and everything where Noah is being examined, cross-examined by the prosecution. Well, Josh was. Josh was. Yeah, Josh. Josh was. Um, But he's like telling the truth but leaving out the obvious moment where in those Four minutes that he was on the phone sitting right next to Val, he could also have roofied her. Right. Or that he could have seen that Noah did. And yeah, like the law and like the lawyer is trying to like make the point that either there were only three people in this area at this time. Val was one of them and she was drugged. And then there was you and there was your brother who then slept with her. So. Mm-hmm. Who did it, Josh? Like, basically, like, you know, come on. Like, trying to get him to spill. And, like, he's so nervous. And, like, I – my only complaint with this scene is that it wasn't clear enough that that's what the lawyer was trying to do. Because he was, like, four minutes, and then he drops the paperclip, and he's, like, how long do you think that took? And I'm, like, why is that important? Why? What, like, do, I, there, there, it was just such a roundabout way. It's, like, we, we ran a mile to go one block. Well, and I think the thing that's more impactful when you say something like four minutes is not one second. It's like being silent for like five seconds and then being like, we did that five seconds. Imagine doing that a thousand times, whatever it is that like makes that into four minutes. Like Mm -hmm. that makes more sense because I was even thinking during this scene, I was like, what if I just put in four minutes of dead silence in the podcast and was just like, and that's how long it took. It was supposed to be this impactful eye-opening gotcha kind of scene and, and I'm like wait the lawyer seems to have it all figured out but like how did he get here how did he figure this out but yet nobody else seems to fully understand and I'm not sure why we didn't start with this <laughs> you're right exactly because like starting with giving Noah a plausible window of doing this and then having everybody come up and, like, have to backtrack it and, you know, make it that he's such a good guy. Like, I think that could have been really impactful. But, like, I get that they put it in this order so that all of her – Val's quote-unquote friends could realize that there was a potential that she was really roofied and she didn't roofie herself. Right. Like, or lie about it, even though there has been no, there's been, like, literal scientific medical evidence that she was roofied. Like, yes. anyway. And so, yeah, like, in the courtroom, like, at, or outside the courtroom, but in the, like, um, what's that area called? That's not in the oh, room. Oh, I don't know. But it's. The vestibule. The <laughs> antechamber. The hallway. The hallway. The antechamber. <laughs> I want to call it the antechamber. I was thinking, like, foyer? (laughs) (laughs) No, it's the antechamber. Yeah, the antechamber. I'm distracted by thinking about (laughs) what that is. Okay, they're not sitting in the courtroom, and they're not outside of the building. (laughs) They're on a bench somewhere in the building, just not in the courtroom. And... Kelly comes up and she's like, wow, you really told the truth, didn't you? And Val's like kind of forgiving her. I don't get this. Val was like, if do you think the trial will be worth it? I was like, I mean, I get that you like might be having these thoughts, Val, but no, don't ask her. Right. She's the wrong person to ask. And like again, like Val has tapped into something that I will never tap into because if Kelly had to hear all of that and then come to me and say these things when like 
Literally last night she was telling people like, oh, I hate her. She's a tramp. She would never settle for $200,000 or $20,000 because she's a gold digger. Like she has been talking smack for so long. And if I was Val, I would just be like, go away. Yeah. Like I I don't even want to deal with you right now. Yeah. Like I don't need your energy or your person anywhere in my orbit. So – yeah. And we see on the other side, like Josh is trying to apologize to Noah for everything he said on the stand. And Noah's like, no, don't worry. As long as I've got my family, I'll be fine. She's Which, just like, oh my God. And in this moment, I'm like, clearly Noah doesn't realize what the lawyer said at all. Because if he did, then he would realize that Josh roofied her. Because, like, literally, he was, like, if we if we just established not five minutes ago that the what the lawyer, what Valerie's lawyer was attempting to do is give reasonable doubt that the two people, the two men in the scene, well, in the area with Valerie mm-hmm. could have roofied her or did roofie her. And no one knows it wasn't him. Who is left, Noah? He does not put that together. I'm like, why? Why is he talking about family? And why is he like, oh, it's okay, bro. You didn't mean to make me sound bad. How does he not realize it in this moment? No, it's it's the same thing we've been talking about the entire story. Like, I am glad that they had it. I don't want to complain yeah. about it nonstop, right? But, like, yeah. we are completely missing the plot. It's, it's running a mile to get around the corner, like mm-hmm. you said. Like, we are going so far when we could have just like hit the Rohypnol at the beginning and like mm-hmm. all of the drug addict stuff, all of Brandon doing literally nothing. Like literally, yeah. literally Janet shows up at the courthouse and is like, remember that I run the newspaper. They're like, yeah, <laughs> we don't want anybody to know who really does. Yeah. It just like, it just baffled me. And then I'm not mad at the – like I know I'm, I'm kind of skipping ahead just a tad, but like I'm not mm-hmm. mad – how it's then found out but i'm like i think they did that for dramatic effect when they could have easily had the courtroom um josh on the stand moment be the dramatic moment Mm -hmm. yeah i honestly originally thought that maybe not exactly how it happened with donna but like someone was going to find it someone was going to put together that he sells other drugs and find the rohypnol out like that's just where we needed to be and we had to have yeah. this whole legal shenanigans which could have also been it and but it does nothing and like to be fair the jury deliberates they come up with the verdict val wins she's so happy that people finally believe her and that this is behind her and it's just so weird that like yeah we have this but then we're not even close to being done right yeah because then like i guess it's like a little while after they find the verdict in favor of Valerie, like David and Val are driving around in the Porsche and she almost has this moment of like imposter syndrome, right? Like she feels kind of bad even though she won. And it's probably because like she doesn't have the full story. She probably like, Mm -hmm. she doesn't say that, but like to me, even when I was like, oh, cool, she won. It was like, yes, but you know, because it, I'm like, but that's not what the truth is. Like the, the full truth has not revealed itself. And so it made me feel like she was kind of like, I know I won, but why do I feel so bad? And it's because like, yeah, the picture ain't clear. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Cause you know, so while all this is happening, Donna has had her old storyline. She stole all that stuff from her coworker and put it up and Danielle pretty easily recognizes that it is her designs that Donna is getting praised for but for some reason she doesn't call Donna out until they leave the room because she was scared that one of them would have gotten fired like it's a dumb way to basically say that Donna gets to keep her job and Danielle is just going to go away forever because she got got even though she says she can prove it anyway like Donna is having this whole freak out moment. Once again, she still wants all these drugs. So we actually end up seeing Donna breaking into the boat, which presumably she knows from tip to tail because it used mm-hmm. to be the Falana. <laughs> and 
she finds exactly what she's looking for. And she's literally standing there talking to herself, going like one to bring me up and one to bring me down. Like, mm-hmm. oh my gosh. These people read Go Ask Alice in high school before they wrote this. <laughs> but she also finds the Rohypnol right as Josh comes in. And then when Josh tries to spin this that like Donna is clearly a drug addict, she's just like, okay, but also like there's literally roofies right here. Like right. look at them. Mm-hmm. Don't don't pay attention to me. Look at the roofies with your brother's name on them. Right. At which point Josh claims that he got them prescribed to him for insomnia in France. Yeah, the moment when he when Noah has him like by the neck or whatever, and we get the insane close up on Josh's face, and he's just like, "I had I had to get him. I got him in France. It's for my insomnia." And he's like, "Please don't. I'm gonna die in prison." I'm like, "Oh no." Oh no! Uh, it just ruined kind. Of, not that he wasn't always or already ruined, but like it kind of ruined the Josh character for me because I'm like, oh, you're a baby. Like you are a mm-hmm. wuss. <laughs> well, and I think too, it's like we truly thought, you know, when we first met Josh and saw what he did, we thought he was evil, evil. Like with no, mm-hmm. like we we thought that he didn't really have a reason for doing his evil things he just did them because he liked doing them and now Mm -hmm. i'm like okay well then why did you do it like obviously it was like to get val in a vulnerable state and all of that but like when he folds and and bends so easily to noah when he's confronted about it i'm like okay no if he was truly like a psychopath and like truly truly evil he wouldn't care he literally wouldn't care that he got caught because he would already have thought two steps ahead to figure out a way out of this. Yeah, like saying that he had to lie so that he wouldn't get sent to jail and that he'll pay off Val and they'll be fine and it's about the family and he's just pulling out every excuse possible. Yeah. Oh, he's such a skeezy little person. I hate exactly. him. Exactly. Exactly. It's like he would have already like had a plan to get Noah to go – He's going to blame it on Noah. Like the Rahip, he could mm-hmm. find a way to like even take his name off the Rahipnol to where it would say Noah or something. You know what I mean? It's like if you were really, really, really that evil, but instead he's almost like not worse because there is no worse than evil, but like, yeah, he's almost a worse character in the show because he is not fully committed. He's like, he think he's an evil person who thinks he's like harder than he is. Mm hmm. After Noah calls Josh pathetic, and he is, and presumably, like, he's going to run. Like, I don't know why we would ever see Josh again. Um, We get this insane little moment at Casa Walsh. Like, I – in the way I don't understand the Brandon and Kelly relationship stuff, I Mm -hmm. do not understand who thought this was going to be a good scene. Yes. Because it's just, like – like, Val is there picking up all of her mail. No one has made any effort to give it to her this whole time, even though they see her every single day at court. But then Brandon mentions there's a giant pile of bills at the Beverly Beat, and Val's like, oh, yeah, I guess my trial is taking its toll. Like, but what is that implying? Right. Yeah. That's, that's what I don't – why would you bring this up? Why? Right. And if you're not paying your bills, like, is Janet paying your bills? Whose responsibility is it to pay your bills? I bet Janet mm-hmm. knows you haven't paid your bills. Mm-hmm. But then, yeah, and then Steve pulls out the childhood photos, which make no sense because none of them were old enough to be at West Beverly in the photos. But he pulls out Val's, like, five-year-old dance photo and is like – Oh, yeah. I saw – God, what did he say? He saw something decent in her five-year-old eyes that she he doesn't see in her adult eyes. And they, they're all just like, welcome home. It was the most – it was one of the most, dare I say, ridiculous scenes in this entire series. And they literally did a commercial with them as being teeth. <laughs> As being germs so... in teeth. It was we saw Donna chase after a dog for an entire episode, and yet this is somehow worse. Didn't we see Donna dress as a clown? Like, we have seen <laughs> some weird stuff. I I just cannot express to you how shitty this was done. Like, 
the fact that Valerie can come in after all this bullshit that's had that's been done to her and Steve, Brandon and Kelly are acting like they're the oldest of friends. Mm-hmm. And then Steve is like, you're not your five-year-old, six-year-old self again. You were really decent back then. And it took me realizing like that you actually are decent. It just, you look more decent in this photo. What? And then, and then, so they've they've said all these things, acted like it's completely normal. So we're already reeling from that. Then Noah shows up at the door and like literally for some reason everyone in Casa Walsh like wants to defend Val and be like, Noah, you can't come in, which I know yeah. they now believe her, but like it's jarring to me. Mm-hmm. But he says like, hey, Donna found the drugs that – like, it's Josh's fault. He's the one that drugged you, blah, blah, blah. I'm so sorry you got hurt. And I'm still sitting there being like, you're still not apologizing for having sex with her without her consent. Like, let's, Yes. Yes. We still have a lot of things to unpack here. But then, yeah, after Steve was just like, oh, yeah, I didn't realize you were decent. Val is like, hey, can you drive my boyfriend's Porsche so we yeah. can go pick him up? Right? Like, Mink Kelly go with her. I'm sorry. Kelly's busy having sex with Brandon because apparently resolving this made her horny. Yeah. I'm like, now they're fine. They can sleep with each other now that. Yeah. I guess we can just be grateful that it wasn't the cheating that caused problems in their relationship. It was the trial. I. I can't. Like, I'm starting to realize, like, that email that we got from one of our dear listeners I'm like, okay, they're just phoning it in. They're banking on millions of people watching this show week to week and not even bothering to tie things up in a way that even remotely makes sense. Not even a little bit. Like that whole scene at Gaza Walsh, I was just sitting there like, what am I watching? Yeah, exactly. And it's actually not the end of the show. I I was going to say thankfully it's not the end, but I don't like, you know – the end is very traumatic and like cliffhangery because Noah mm-hmm. goes to the beach apartment to find Donna and talk to her about what happened and like try and, you know, repair the situation, I guess. And all the lights are on. He's pounding on the door. She's not coming. But then he steps back and he sees that she's passed out in the living room and has to break their door open so that he can go in and call 911 and save her. And that's terrifying. It's very terrifying. It's very fast. It is very But it's fast. very terrifying. Yes. And like, uh, I hate to say it, but I didn't want it to be Noah to find her because that like gives him another, I guess, reason or like boost for his quote unquote character that... The audience, like, and by audience, I mean, like, like people that, like, are watching the show or have watched the show can then stack up to be like, oh, well, no, Noah is a good guy. He was just in a bad situation. It's like, mm-hmm. no, just because he, like, happened to go to the apartment and find Donna doesn't mean he didn't sexually assault Val. Yeah. I wonder, though, now that you said this about, like, him finding her, I wonder if there's any sort of, like... Ooh, I know where you're Kelly going. being like, I wasn't there mm-hmm. for her. Mm-hmm. Because that would be interesting too. Right? Like that would finally bring that in a way that like makes sense. Mm-hmm. But yeah, I mean, I guess, you know, we'll come back in in – next week's episode presumably to talk about her because the trial is over I really doubt we're gonna see Josh again and the only open thread we have right now is Donna yeah exactly I guess David sort of with his yeah no that's fair that's fair I honestly I forgot about David (laughs) (laughs) yeah where was he when Val got to go home why wasn't he with her I guess he was at the record. I don't know. I don't know. He was hanging out with Frank. He was he hated the Porsche, so he was just driving around in his Jeep listening to <laughs> Jasper's music. 
<laughs> oh man. Well, oh, yeah. That was the episode. <laughs> we did it. <laughs> what is what is next week's episode called? Uh, let's see. Next week we will be talking about season 8 episode 23, Making Amends. Okay, I'm I'm fine with the name of that ti- with that title. Mm-hmm. That's good. Yeah. Let's all apologize to Valerie. Exactly. Like Seriously, if that means like- it's an entire episode dedicated to apologizing to Valerie, I'm for it. And using the actual words I'm sorry and not just right. being like, here's a vaguely bitchy line and then I'm trying to apologize. <laughs> exactly. Oh my god, that's all I want. Watch it instead be like everyone's apologizing to Brandon for doubting him. I don't know. Oh my know. god. Yeah, being too hard on him for not picking his side. That's what that <laughs> that's what the episode's gonna be about. I could see it. Let's see. <laughs> Oh, yeah. Um, but no, we'll find out next week. And until then, you can follow us on Instagram at back to podcast. Yep. And you can also send us over an email if you'd like to with anything you want to talk about. Just let us know and we'll shout you out on the podcast. Um, that's back to podcast at gmail.com. That's B-A-C-K-T-O podcast at gmail.com. And don't forget to go into your podcast app and rate, review, subscribe, share it with all your friends and family. All this stuff really helps us get seen and build a community and give y'all a better product. And if you leave us a review in Apple Podcasts, we'll give you a shout out on the show because we really appreciate you. So until next week from all of us at Back to Podcast, I'm Ariel. I'm Caitlin. I'm Mary. Bye. Bye. See ya.